Welcome to What We Started EDM, where we talk with producers, DJs, managers, labels, a bunch of creators, and really anyone with experience in the EDM industry. I'm your host, Ted, and I talk EDM. Today we speak with Goshfather. Goshfather has been producing for over 10 years, working with top-tier artists such as Binger Players and releasing on top labels such as Spinning Records. He has multiple tracks on Spotify with over 1 million streams, and has been releasing one song every week on his SoundCloud this year. In this episode, we talk about the importance of taking action and relying on no one but yourself to get the job done. We talk about the need to finish your music and put it out into the world rather than just sitting on it. Goshfather's passion in this episode is infectious, and he delivers a message that we all need to hear, even the pros. He has already inspired me to put out more music and take more action myself. You do not want to miss this episode. with Victor, aka Goshfather, and oh. really I want to start by talking about how you became interested in music in the first place, and then how you ended up producing and putting music out there. Can you talk a little bit sure. about that background? Sure, I'll try to, I'll try to make it brief, um, so we can get to whatever <laughs> else you want to talk about here. I, um, when I was a kid, I, uh, I got a, you know, I never uh, could pay attention in class. I don't think I've ever done homework in my life one time. Mm. Um, I got put into a choir practice when I was a kid because my family was like, okay, fucking can't sit still, can't do anything. So let's have him go screaming in a choir. And that led me to doing opera. That led me to doing theater. That led me to doing like, you know, so I did that path. And then I went into, because of that, I got so much into theater and singing and stuff. When I was a kid, I got into classical singing and I became an opera major uh, in college. I studied opera for many years. And, um, but then I couldn't do that either. I couldn't, I didn't want to um, sing other people's music, especially dead dudes from the fucking 1700s. I didn't want to fucking, it just wasn't, it wasn't my vibe. So when I was at UCLA, I, uh, I started a company basically to survive where I would take kids on party buses from campus and take them all the way to nightclubs. Mm-hmm. And when I was living, you know, and cut the line, put them in 50 kids, put them 100 kids, whatever, take them from college to nightclubs in Hollywood. And I fell in love with the music there. That's when like EDM was really kind of popping off 2010, 2009, 2011. Skrillex was coming out, Swedish House Mafia, like all that shit. And I was always kind of into it, man. I was always into Daft Punk and Radiohead. When I was growing up in San Francisco, like all my homies were listening to like, you know, hyphy music and like all this shit. And um, I was secretly listening to Daft Punk in the corner. And I was like, as I got better at classical, you know, as I started was class- studying classical music for years, I was like, I can do this shit. Three chords, two chords, sometimes not even one chord. Uh, little did I know, dance music and pop music, which is you know, which is what I kind of do now. It's less. It's yeah, musicality is very important, but it really much is about the vibe. It's about the feeling. It's about capturing something, you know. And sometimes you don't even need you don't you could do that in one chord. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was like, um, yeah, that was that was it. And I fell in love with dance music ever since. I've already had you know, as I like to tell people, I've already, I'm on my fourth career right now. I was in a very successful duo called Goshfather and Jinko. We had we were blowing up, blowing up, blowing up, blowing up. I was making a living off of DJing, like more than a living. Mm-hmm. Um, had a bunch of songs that hit millions and millions of plays. Um, played all over the world, basically. Um, but then we had some creative differences. You know, he wanted to do one thing, I wanted to do another thing. Some other moving parts in there kind of didn't work. And here I am, man. I'm, I feel like 2023 has been the first year of me in the music industry wow 
Wow. That's been that's been my kind of journey in a nutshell. Awesome. Can you talk a little bit more about that up and down in your career and how one, how you stay motivated and two, how you pivot kind of and reinvent yourself and continue to put music out there and become something else? Um, I, I heard a quote one time that said, if you don't pursue the thing that you really want to do in your life, it's going to haunt you. Mm. Period. I've spent so much time ingraining myself in music, especially in dance music, electronic music, pop music, meeting so many incredible people, so many not so incredible people, mm. having so many um, experiences where I had wins and so many experiences when I said, life's not fair. Mm. You know, this industry's not fair. Um, it's part of me. It's part of me now, right? It's it's all it's all I got. Uh, well, it's not all I got. Nothing is I can, but it's more like this is this is all I can think about. So mm. it's not about motivation. It's about thinking about how much, how far can you take your dream. That's it. Like everybody has more gas in their tank than they think they do. Mm. But I sincerely am telling you that the difference this year for me, the difference this year for me has been realizing that you have to rely on yourself first. Mm. If you can't get the job done on your own to some kind of extent, even if that extent is really shitty, whether it's finishing a song, whether it's creating something cool on social media for people to share about your when it comes to your art, if you can't get it to a point, you sort of can't expect some other magical force to come in there and get it to that point for you. Yeah. So I would rather go and look like shit, make a song that maybe is not as great as the other stuff on the market, but over time build that confidence. You know, I should stop chewing gum. I'm so sorry. I probably... Um, um, make something to the point where I'm like, okay, basically I got to prove to myself that I can do it over and over and over and over and over and over. And then stretch out my ability to kind of get better every single time when it comes to making music, when it comes to making content, when it comes to networking, when it comes to kind of like punching forth to like a relationship that I didn't have before and trying to rise to the occasion of how, what I can add to them for them to be able to do something for me, maybe later down the line in the industry. Right. So that's what this year has been. It's about, as people talk about this all the time, but this relationship with yourself, especially when you're a creative person, is the thing actually that we have to work on first before we get into, oh, how do you compress stuff? How does reverb work? How mm -hmm. do I get a record signed, right? People skip that step. I skip that step. Mm -hmm. And this year has been, it's me and me. What the hell can we do with just us? Me mm -hmm. and me putting our heads together and doing the maximum of what we can and this year, I have gotten more done, more opportunities, more amazing people that I look up to fucking with me mm -hmm. than ever before. And I can sit there and go, I did it. Yes. And that is more, that is the thing that allows me to go, oh, I'm having a bad day. It doesn't fucking matter. Right. Because at the end of the day, I have this treasure chest of I guess self-confidence is it, it's not it's not that simple to just say self-confidence because it's something else it's this no matter what now I know that if everybody closes the door on me I can still do something I can still create something I can still 
be happy in the process of creation, you know? Mm. So, yeah. Awesome. Man. You've like proven yourself to yourself. I did not know that that's what this shit was all about, but that is what this shit is all about. Are you an athlete? Are you a plumber? Are you a lawyer? Are you a fucking trying to sell fucking origami on fucking Etsy? I don't know what the fuck you want to do. It's all about you and you first. I'm sorry. I didn't know that's what I did. I wish I knew this when I was, you know, 22, 23, 24, whatever in LA trying to be a DJ, trying to be a producer. What was I doing for years? Mm, who? Somebody, what do they think? Oh my God. What do you mm -hmm. think of my song? Is this good? Can I play? What do you think of my? You're dead. You're dead because all of your power is in somebody else's hands. Everything. You wake up in the morning. How can I show somebody if they like me or not? That's the curse. It's the curse of being a creative person because then what happens is when we have that mindset, when we don't get that feedback, which is completely, un we can't control that feedback. If the person that we're trying to impress, the person that we think is our peer is having a bad day, broke up with their girlfriend, and we get a bad feedback completely out of our control, it crushes us. Mm -hmm. And that is a domino effect of it crushes us. Are we good enough? Do we suck? Do we hit our lives? It's very dark. And that's why in the music industry or in the entertainment industry, you see this all the time. People just go into these terrible downward spirals or quit or whatever it is because the it's not about the music. It's not about the logo. It's not about the DJ gigs. It's not about what VSTs you have. It's not about what genre you're doing. It's about, are you able to have the wherewithal to go, yeah, shit sucks. Let's go. Let's keep going. So, mm -hmm. yeah. You said you made some changes in the past year. One mm -hmm. has been putting out a song every week. Mm -hmm. What else has that looked like for you? Like, what have you done that's different? That... No feedback. No feedback. No feedback. What does that mean? So zero feedback. I, I, I don't know if you, I mean, you do know this, we, we, that's how we met, but yeah. um, I have, I have coaching clients, uh, like paid coaching clients that I do um, because I've identified, and this is like a side thing for my music, but mm. um, you know, I want to help people. Obviously I do these free calls with people whenever I can. I think I'm going to start doing that again. Cause I really, it really felt good when I was doing that. But um, um, basically the first thing that I do advice that I give people because uh, I've identified an issue in artists. And the problem is very simply, no one's finishing shit. We always talk about, <laughs> oh, my God, I got so many ideas on my hard drive. What I have pinpointed after years of doing this is that's not funny anymore. It's not good. It actually is extremely detrimental to your creative and mental health. Having unfinished ideas in your hard drive, it will, it will grow on you like a tumor. And it did for me. Oh, one thing that I didn't mention is um, I almost quit music in the beginning of COVID because in the beginning of COVID, I moved back from Los Angeles for 10 years, moved back to San Francisco to be with my family during COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and I one day plugged in my hard drive and I lost everything. Mm -hmm. All maybe eight years worth of actual live recordings of singers from actual recording studios. Oh, one day I'm going to use that vocal. One day I'm going to use that vocal. One day I'm going to use that session. I lost everything everything every project file every note every sample every fucking photo that i had from those eras it's all gone and i went and i tried to get the data recovered it's gone 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 nothing we can do the hard drive just fucking failed and it was game over i was gonna quit music i was like ha 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 um and for me it was like you know 800 unfinished sessions and songs and whatever those were a 
quick cheap like having those songs on there was this quick cheap like little thing for my ego to go come on man you killing it come on look at all this shit you sitting on you sitting on shit you know living in la it's like you go to a party yeah man i got i got shit i got shit yeah man i got got some shit all that's complete bullshit it's such a detrimental horrifying um thing to have uh on your uh conscience and your soul if you're creative it's so bad and i was it, it, it just i it was such a crazy experience for that to happen to me that i just was numb i almost la- i was like laughing you know but i didn't touch ableton basically for years almost i mean i did here and there tried but it was just such a like i felt like a wounded fucking animal every time i tried to make music um so i was gonna i was gonna quit um but yeah man so finishing music is just so important um to not ever put yourself in that kind of position um, and I'm not saying you have to put everything out and be a crazy person like me with my one song a week for a year challenge, but you need to finish stuff because if you don't, then you have no idea who you are. You have no idea what you're made of. Mm-hmm. I- I'm saying this as like a not like if you're serious, about, not you, but anybody listening, whatever it is, if they're serious about this, this is a cautionary tale. And I don't give I honestly don't give a fuck what other artists opinion is about Oh, well, everyone goes at their own pace. Great. Do you know what everybody's own pace is? Do nothing. So for me, I'm in the let's make our dreams come true business, if I could be. And you have to lie, steal, kill, and cheat proverbially to make your dreams come true. And you have to lie, steal, kill, and cheat with yourself is what I'm saying. You have to manipulate yourself. You have to lie to yourself. You have to trick yourself in order to get shit done. Because... The forces that be inside of our egos and inside of our bodies will always try to go the easy route. We'll always try to go the route that makes you more comfortable. We'll always try to make you go to the route of basically self-sabotaging yourself. Mm-hmm. Always. You're going to always find a way to go, eh, man, next week. The... Okay. If those, let's, I'll do it next week. I'll finish it next week. Maybe, I don't know. Those are bids against you. Right. So the only great equalizer for me has been now this year that I've decided, okay, let's give this shit one last shot. Let's put out as much music as I can as a personal challenge to myself. But at the same time, be giving that music, uploading it online, uploading it on my SoundCloud. Let's be sharing that journey with potentially people who might be fans. This Mm -hmm. has been the dam that has stopped the proverbial flood of uh, self-sabotage for me, because now I can look back at it and go, hey. But I'm just saying for me, like, I think people really need to do everything it takes to finish shit. Otherwise, yeah, sorry, that was a huge fucking rant. I, I apologize. But I think I think you get where I'm going with this. Um, I'm just a big proponent on people need to finish stuff. Because otherwise, we're just joking ourselves. And it's so easy to joke ourselves. That probably had nothing to do with the first question that you asked. But, dude, I'm fired up right now. So <laughs> no, I'm, I'm fired up right man. And, and Ben, can you clarify what you mean by finishing a track? Finish the track. Is it done and you enjoy it? Did you enjoy the process? Did you get up and start dancing around the room when you had that one moment when something clicked? And is it done? Can you listen to it when you're at the gym? Can you upload it to fucking SoundCloud? Um, If you're just starting off, okay, we we live in a different world right now than it was in 2014, 2015. Get your best shit ready and da-da-da. Of course, get your best shit ready. But right now, we live in a beautiful time where you, and this is a huge philosophy of mine, you can be, you plus the internet can be your own A&R situation. You can go post a finished idea on SoundCloud or a clip of something cool that you're working on, whatever it is, on TikTok, on Reels or whatever, and you could potentially get feedback on whether or not where you're going with what you're doing is resonating. 
Mm-hmm. Very, and here's the key. It's not going to resonate with other people if it doesn't resonate with you in the first place. So you see how that's the great equalizer, right? So if something is good and you enjoy it and you put it out, people are going to like it. If mm-hmm. something is good, if something is not resonating with you and you create it and you put it out, people are going to kind of feel it. But you're not going to get that feedback either way if you don't put it out and finish it and put it out. Mm-hmm. Finish it just means it's done to the point of the maximum of your ability. The way that the human mind works it, and the way that I believe all the people in history that have been great at anything they, they did, they made fucking garbage mm-hmm. until they got bored of the shit being shit and they got better. We will get bored of being mediocre in the process of creating things on our way to becoming great. We have to. I mean, that's the only way. Otherwise, the other option is be mediocre, try to control everything, wait till something's perfect and be safe. And the secret is you actually just mediocre because the people that are willing to be shitty and put it out there are getting data. Maybe they'll get one stream on SoundCloud and one, what the fuck is this shit? This is the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. Beautiful. That's data. Your ego doesn't want you to even experience that. So it doesn't even let you create something for you to put yourself out there to be able to experience that. And that is a net loss for the individual. This is my opinion. So for me, I was like, this year, I'm going to bust through that. I'm not going to, I'm not going to like wait in the shadows for the perfect moment. There is no fucking perfect moment. There's 16-year-olds on TikTok making mashups that are going on tour. Yeah. Okay? Two yeah. songs going on tour. <laughs> And I, or me, a lot of my peers, a lot of people starting, wait till the snare is right. Shut the fuck up, man. Nobody, the audience doesn't care about the snare. The audience cares is if it's a vibe. Do you enjoy it? Can you shake your ass? That's it. Mm-hmm. Perfect is in the eye of you trusting yourself that you enjoy it or not. I mean, sorry, not perfect, finished. Mm-hmm. So that is my long-winded answer to that. And again, see, that's the issue. Is it finished is not a simple question. It's again, it comes back down to the relationship that you have with yourself. Obviously, there's technical kind of criteria. Is it fucking quiet? Is it completely not rhythmic, right? But those are those things that should be a baseline before you ask yourself, you know, is it finished? Because is it finished? How many people are there that are sitting on pretty amazing stuff that don't put it out, right? That's the problem. Once the technical stuff is done, once the melodic stuff is done, once the all the creative aspects of it are all check, 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 well, there's one final thing left, and that's you and you. Do you have the balls or the relationship with yourself or the wherewithal or the confidence, whatever you want to call it, to be able to go, all right, let's go, it's ready. Mm-hmm. Versus, like I said in the beginning of this, sending it to 50 fucking different people that have no fucking idea what you went through in order to create this, what mindset you were in to create something. That's our knee-jerk reaction. We go, oh, Steve, Bob, mom, uh, other producer, other local fucking or DJ who's never made a fucking song in their life, my girlfriend, my ex, my grand. What do you guys think? 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 And we're dying. We're dying to find one small hint of negative feedback when we go do that in order to get here to hear, eh, it's, it's not really, eh. And then we put it on the back burner because it feels so good not to release something because not putting something out into the court of public opinion is safety. It's Ah, back to bed, back to Netflix, back to eating chips in the fucking bed, back to not doing anything, back to not, back to back, back to the status quo where we don't have to put ourselves out there. That's what we're doing when we do that. So that's part of what I was saying. No feedback, you know, finished has to be a conversation that you have with yourself. Very long winded, but 
it is that complicated clearly because it, that seems to be a huge problem for a lot of artists finishing stuff definitely yeah you gotta put it out there even if you're uncomfortable and then feedback is just so important for anything you're doing you never know what people want to think about it until you actually put it you out never, there. you're never gonna know you're yeah. never gonna know if the worst thing you've ever made will change your life mm -hmm. please i'm serious yeah. How many times have we had, especially in the dance music community? I spent one hour. I spent one hour on this, and it becomes their biggest song. Yes, yes, that's that's yes. <laughs> but in history, but in in creative history, forget music. All there's all kinds of different things where people went eh, and that becomes the thing that they're known for. Is that good? I don't know. In my opinion, what that means is, or if we can break down why things like that happen, right? It's because it's an artist or a creative person gets sometimes to a point where they're like. Oh, I'm exhausted from this rap base. I'm exhausted from comparison. I'm exhausted from seeking out opinions. I'm exhausted. And they just kind of go, eh, 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 in a moment of kind of exasperation or boredom. Mm -hmm. in, and in those moments is when you actually are trusting yourself because you're creating in this, like, you're creating in a vacuum that just exists with you and your raw emotion. Mm -hmm. Not the general, what people are doing, not what people can think, not your contemporaries, not your peers. He's kind of go, ah, okay, let me just fucking put this drum over this. Ah, yeah. And that's when the real stuff happens because that's when you're communicating with yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's why sometimes I made this in 30 minutes, explodes, and I spent six weeks on this. Nobody gives a fuck. Because nice. you spend six weeks sometimes trying to make it sound like everything else. Mm -hmm. See what I mean? So, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Man. I love your passion again, Victor. I yeah, thanks, man. want to talk again about this idea of being able to do everything yourself. And sure. I know previously you've worked with uh, labels before to put out songs. And sure. I don't know too much about that. I'm assuming it can be a roadblock sometimes. And I'm assuming they take equity. Can you just talk a little bit more about what that process is like? And what are the positives and negatives you've realized from working with labels? I think labels are extremely powerful if you have your own thing going on and they can kind of be the wide receivers uh, to take it to the end zone. Mm -hmm. um, this is a whole nother aspect of everything with all this music stuff. But um, in this day and age, the artists that really have, well, number one, forget longevity, the ones that are just surviving and kind of really you know, at kind of at the top mm -hmm. are the ones that have a very captive and inattention community around their music that through whatever means, whether it's through content, whether it's through music, whether I mean, it has to be a combination of both in this day and age. Um, they have to, they already have such a great, you know, kind of one-to-one -one, uh, relationship with their community of fans that by the time the label comes in, it's just a sending things over the edge. Mm -hmm. I personally believe that for a well let, let me let me answer your question first so again I think a lot of labels a lot of I mean all of my experiences with labels have been amazing you know I mean they they're, they're labels especially like with spinning and stuff they mm -hmm. they're professionals it's it's a true machine um and it's great but it's not my as you can see the majority of my releases this year have not been on labels because for me, it's just, I guess, for, for myself, it's like it's more exciting for me to move fast. 
And with labels, there is a huge amount of bureaucracy because they're a business. There's a lot of different kind of red tape and like kind of moving parts that you have you, you have to adhere to. Uh, you know, certain you have to have, oh, we love this song. We have to put it out in four months because maybe the sound is better for summer than it is for winter, whatever it is. There's all these different things. For me, I, after doing this for so long, I need to, I want data now. Data in the literal sense of, you know, when I put out these free bootleg remixes that I've been putting out, I, you know, I put like a, a download gate on them and I'm I'm getting, you know, 10,000 emails. So I'm mm -hmm. a small business. I'm not a DJ. I'm not a musician. I'm a small business. Mm -hmm. So I'm getting all this data to be able to see, hey, despite the algorithm, I can send out an email blast to 20,000 people to, that actually can, you know, go and check out my music without an algorithm blocking it. That's the point of collecting data. But the point is, that's what you kind of give your equity away to a record label for in the assumption that they're going to use their data, their large decades long collection of email addresses and, uh, you know, followers and whatever and, and, and um, you know, and connections and blogs uh, to be able to push your record. Mm -hmm. But in this day and age, the, the issue is that there's so much music coming out and so many things that are getting signed that unless and this brings you back to what I was saying about the big DJs with communities, unless you already have a kind of audience, it sort of doesn't serve you very much to use that route. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? Cause it's like, it basically just becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. Like if a big artist released on a, I'll just put it like this perfectly. If a big artist, not even a big artist, a pretty big artist, say a touring artist that has a very obvious like fan base, puts something out on a small label, right? It's much more effective than if a small artist puts something out on the biggest label in the world. Mm -hmm. yes. Let me put it like that. Mm -hmm. I could have just fucking said that in the beginning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's so, yeah. But for me, yeah, I just, it's just different, man. I just, I'm, I'm in, I guess I'm a different kind of artist, I guess, this year. I'm in experiment mode. I'm in, let's try this out. I mean, I'm, I, the mode that I'm in is I'm having so much fun creating this music. It's not a, people think, Victor, you're working so hard. Dude, that's the problem. That's the thing. If I was working hard, you most likely will not have seen this kind of output from me. Mm -hmm. I am actually, I don't know how to explain this to people when they ask me, but I'm having fun. It actually is fun for the first time in my life. Well, I had, I mean, there, there was a lot of times where making music was very fun in my life, but this process, which may be daunting to some people is full on. I just feel like a kid again. You mm -hmm. know, there's no one stopping me from making any kind of creative decision. And I'm doing it with the full knowledge that I'm creating stuff that's in the scope of my sound. So that's why for me, labels and stuff are not at the very top of my agenda yet. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, yeah, maybe, maybe not until next year when I stop this challenge, but. Awesome, man. Cool. I also want to talk about you collabing with other artists. Mm -hmm. You collabed with single players and then a few other artists recently. How does that relationship start in the first place? How how do you get in touch with these people, and how does the how do you actually collab with them on the track? Can you talk a little bit about that. Sure. Uh, with the bingo players, first off, I'm so so blessed to have Martin. Um, dude, he. The crazy thing is that me and him don't never knew each other prior to our first collab with nothing in common. I, mean, I don't know. Thought we had nothing in common. He was obviously somebody that I looked up to coming up to all his tracks when I was first started DJing. And uh, it was funny because when me and him first collabed, I, I the funny thing is, 
I honestly can't even remember how the conversation even started. Wait, 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 wait. I think actually a friend of mine was working for his management. Mm. Well, the point is, I know definitely a friend of mine, shouts out to him, was working for his management and he got a record of mine or he got a, uh, like a demo of mine um, sent to him and then he forwarded it to Bingo Players and Bingo Players immediately was like, fuck yeah. And that song, we worked on it over time and that became the song Everybody, our first collab. And mm. it was crazy because working with him, I realized that me and Martin, Bingo Players, we have the exact same taste in music when it comes to this kind of like 70s disco kind of post Daft Punk kind of um, sampling old soul records, but making them into like big dance records kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, that just uh, that that was that doesn't always happen. But that was such a stroke of luck for me. Well, stroke of luck. I mean, it's just awesome, you know, connected. So it gives me the universe had something to do with it or whatever. But um, it just felt it felt so good to see that me and him just spoke the same language. Every time him and I have collabed, it hasn't been this almost back and forth. It was just been, yep, 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 mm-hmm, exactly, uh-huh. And it just comes together. And and our and our last um, collaboration, Be Mine, exact same way. Um, to be honest, man, that was just a stroke of luck. I mean, I'll be honest, then there's other collabs where it's it's gotta be a give and take. You have to go, hey, let's do this, let's do that. Um, but sometimes you get lucky. And honestly, for me, because I'm such a like, I have nothing to lose person anymore, I almost am at the point where I'm like, I don't give a shit. I just simply want to work with people that I that I fuck with. Yeah. I, I have no obligations. And honestly, the thing is, nobody has any obligations. You know, the the more you can go and find people like this to collaborate with. By the way, did that answer the the, the beginning of your question? Oh, yeah. 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 It just, you know, yeah. It, the, 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 the long story short is how did I get the how did I collaborate with bigger players? It sort of happened in a weird way. Some emails <laughs> were sent. And that's how it is. Like I, I really straight up went into it going, this guy's not gonna fuck with me. Who the fuck am I? But hey. If you go take a chance and there's some kind of connection there, it doesn't matter. Some even the biggest artist in the world will be like, "Hey, maybe, yeah, I fuck with that." Mm-hmm. But again, it comes to it comes to the point of like, you have to just kind of do it. You have to just kind of try it. This this whole thing is a video game. It, it really is. You have to remove yourself from it. You have to remove this. Oh, what if he says no? Everyone's gonna say no to everything to you, to me. No, no is just, we're just getting started with no, dude. Mm-hmm. If you if you learn to expect no and love no, then nobody can tell you shit. So that's, um, yeah, that's where I'm at. But um, so oh, what I was going to say is like, this, this, this shit is way too, life is too short for you to go to be in some kind of position with somebody where you're collaborating or doing anything with somebody that you start resenting them. Get the fuck out of there. Mm-hmm. Hence, yeah. it was back to one of the first things that I was saying in this conversation is, it's all about you and you, dude. If you can't do you and you first, what is bringing another person into the equation, a manager, a collaborator, or this or that? Or, how is that going to make it better? Mm-hmm. Right? It's the fear of personal responsibility that is something that artists need to, creatives need to really first take a look at before they start saying, should I get more gear? Yeah. Should I send this to a label? Hold on a second. Can you look at yourself in the mirror and say, I just made some dope shit or not? If the answer is no, don't send any emails. It's because it's going to get more, it's going to get more complicated for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if you can't have that, yeah, I rock with yourself. Imagine once people start going, hey, let me take 40% of your record. Like it's going to be bad. 
So yeah. anyway, so there's that. Awesome, man. I'm glad that you have such a good connection with him. You yeah. did say that you've had some really good relationships and really bad relationships in your career of music. Can you talk about a little of both sides and like how you avoided the bad ones and lean more into the sure. I've I've pin I've pinpointed this year with the with the homies that I've made kind of that are you know bigger than me or whatever um that are you know that are kind of killing it right now. I realized that the relationships that I want to have in in this industry are the people that I can come to for bigger picture advice on how to navigate situations versus the person that I come to and pester every five minutes. What do you think of this base? What do you think of this? It's like, I don't want to take, I want to be able to give them a platform to be able to kind of, I'm saying in specifically the music industry, right? I want to be able to kind of like, A, just be fucking homies with them and shoot the shit and play video games and fucking have, you know, be a human with them. Yes. Or, and at the same time, kind of be like, yo, have them there for the loftier questions, not the taker questions. Hey, can you take a look at my, uh, can you look at my snare drum? Uh, shit where it's like, I should have gotten, again, it's it's self-relationship shit that you don't want to bring somebody else into, you know? And I know, again, that sounds extreme. That's where I'm at. That's what makes me happy. If somebody listens to this and goes, you should always be surrounded by friends who you can, okay. But the problem is, I know how I was. I know how a lot of people are. It becomes just that, mm. right? I have a lot of friends who are Mr. Feedback. Mr. Feedback, you know? I didn't want the reason actually that I went on this song of year challenge was that I was in this kind of new group of friends with like really kind of more much more successful uh, artists than me. And I was Mr. Fucking, what do you think of this track guy? And somebody, another bigger artist than me, took me on the side at December 2022, before right before 2023, and said, Hey, dude, I'm just gonna be, gonna be real with you. Um, if we in the in this group chat or whatever said, your song is fucking amazing, bro. Or if we in this group chat said, this is the shittiest song I've ever heard in my life. Please stop making music. What the fuck is the difference? What's the difference? Mm -hmm. That's it. That conversation blew my mind so much that it led me on the challenge to go, I'm just going to put out a song a week, give it to the people, and then see where I'm at. Yes. Right? So for me, I've realized my like the kind of good relationships that I have in the music industry or whatever are the ones where I can go, hey, I'm about to have a big kind of impasse in my career. What did you do when you were in my position? Mm. You know, to be able to have that kind of, I have a respect for those people. They have respect for me for whatever, you know, I can come in and be useful despite, you know, they're much further along than me. Like that, that is something that I kind of cherish. Those to me are the good relationships where it has nothing to do with, how do we micromanage? How do I get some kind of micromanagerial from this person who already probably has so many issues in their life? And of course, do the shit that has nothing to do with music. So to me, those are the kind of relationships in, in music that I honestly, I think I never had, unfortunately, when I lived in LA. It was always very like, what are you doing now? What's up? What's going on with you? Who who are you fucking with? What, what, what are you signing? Yeah. It gives it gives a shit, dude. You know what I mean? We're all we're all humans. So and then bad relationships uh, or the bad experiences. I would I wouldn't say I've I've been grateful to not have like really bad experiences, but mm. I will say this. How about this? I, I I never really had like a bad experience where somebody fucked me over and I owed money. A lot of people have. I'm not saying that doesn't exist. Mm. I will say that the times where I've had a 
just sad, bad taste in my mouth were times when, and this is another really important thing that, especially with like a lot of younger artists, you put your eggs in the basket of something that happens, such as, for example, a promise, a collab, um, some prompt, you know, oh, I'm going to, or here's, here's a big one. When I blow up, I'm going a, I'm to a, I'm a help you out. Mm. Okay. Again, it still comes back to like that, that, that for a very long time, I had a lot of resentment, especially before I moved back to San Francisco and COVID and whole everything, the world fucking turned upside down. And I got a lot of perspective from that. Um, but I held so much resentment when I was living in LA about that, especially after I had broken up with my big duo and I had all these people that were like, Hey bro, you know, you know, even though you broke up, you know, we'll, we'll, we support you. Da, 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 da. And I, I felt so like elated from that. But again, you see how it still comes back to the thing that I was saying earlier no matter what, even if somebody goes, somebody with the big, small goes and says that to you, it still comes back to you and you. How are you going to, as an individual, take the responsibility of hearing somebody say that in the music industry to you and still have the ability to go grateful for that, but I still am going to carry on. Mm-hmm. I was a victim of not being able to have that conversation with myself to the point that I was so kind of resting on my laurels that it it stunted me creatively. It made me say no to a lot of opportunities that could have helped me maybe if had I said yes to them. Because I was like, well, I'm working with da-da-da-da. I got this coming. This guy's going to take care of me. We, The more we put our power into something that we cannot control, the more we're opening the floodgates to become extremely disappointed and wasting a lot of time. Mm. So, you know what? That was that was kind of like my bad experiences. But again, looking back, a lot of it had to do with my the way that I reacted to those bad experiences. You know, mm-hmm. and it all yeah, comes back to that. relying on yourself rather than anyone yeah. else, any other thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the beauty is, dude, when you rely on yourself and you can get yourself to a certain point, it maximizes when you do bring somebody else. You see what I'm saying? And a great example is kind of like what we were just talking about, the um, talking about like record labels and stuff, mm-hmm. or like managers. You know, one of one of the most old adages that nobody fucking seems to listen to in this industry is like, you don't need a manager until there's something to manage, mm-hmm. because otherwise, we live again. See, you see how everything comes back to this weird like, oh, until uh uh-uh happens, then uh uh-uh can happen. Yes. Yeah, unless I, until I get a manager, no. That's not how that's not how it works. Most most gigantic artists were gigantic artists because they had something and somebody came in and cultivated them. Mm-hmm. People that don't have anything think that they if they go get something, then they'll have something. Mm-hmm. You have to cultivate it first in yourself, number one, with the relationship, number two, with output, with creating something interesting that means something to you. And then the third element is somebody coming in and making that exponential. But you see how a lot of people skip all the way to step three. And yeah. that creates a lot of pain and resentment inside of them because they are just locked in with this nonstop, constantly waiting for something to someone to come down and save them. And it's just a downward spiral. I see you see it every. I see it every day. I see it all the time. When really it's all up to you. Like, even like you were saying with the label. You so can... but, yeah, what I was saying with the label. Another great example. If you have, if you're killing it, the label will come and maximize it. If yeah. you're waiting for the label to save you, then 
once the hype or the attention from that the label brought you is gone, then you're left with again you. Yeah. You you haven't retained an audience. You haven't retained relationships. You haven't retained interest. You haven't retained anything. It, it, it's almost like a, it's a quick hit and it's over. Mm -hmm. We have to rely on quick hits from ourselves, dude. We have to. That's that's how that's how that's how you make that's how you do great things. Mm -hmm. Yep. Awesome, man. Um, again, you you have been doing this for a long time, Victor. W what are some some lows or some struggles that you hit along the way, and how did you overcome them? Do you, does anything come to mind? Yeah, um, the struggles are looking back after this year and doing this challenge. The struggles have been my dissatisfaction, my my dissatisfaction with where my career was, mm -hmm. and my immediate and it's, I'm telling you, like it's, it's holistic. Like my immediate desire to go and blame forces outside of myself for my own personal dissatisfaction. Yes, it's called personal dissatisfaction for a reason, because it's personal, but it's so hard to come to terms with that. Because we think that the world, and especially the fucking music industry, is fair. Mm. It's not. And I'm telling you, from a from a person that's kind of seen the light this year, and it took me a very long time to even begin to see any kind of light with, with this stuff, it's liberating in a very positive way to realize that you are the custodian of the future of your career. It feels incredible. But to get there, I can completely understand because I was there, and especially for someone that's starting out, it's incredibly, incredibly scary. Mm -hmm. I, I I have empathy for that. I'll tell you in the in the last couple of you know the beginning of this, I was like so filled with like kind of it was like a combination of sort of like anger at myself sort of like anger at the industry anger at like a lot of different things resentment it was and that kind of like fueled me in the beginning i'm not gonna lie mm -hmm. in this year of whatever my song a week and like getting all these opportunities and playing festivals no manager no agent you know what i mean like a lot of that was the fuel in the beginning but as i kept doing it i was like really what i'm doing here is i'm defeating an old ass old version of myself i'm going toe-to-toe -to -toe with him and i'm and i'm looking at him and i'm saying why didn't you do this before it went the anger went from i don't want to say anger because it kind of it's not it's not a correct it, it, it's not so much anger i don't even know how to explain it anger is like when you hate something or yeah this is more like i don't know i guess resentment i don't, I don't know what it was it was some, something like that mm -hmm. but it turned into why the hell didn't you do this before you had this in you to now kind of where i'm at is like i really feel at peace because it just mat. it's crazy if you just do stuff and like are consistent things just fall into your lap it's crazy but that's exactly how it works um but yeah it, it it just yeah it was three steps anger resentment at other people then kind of anger resentment at me and now kind of just like where i'm at right now is just kind of realizing it this is just a natural order of things and i kind of had to go through that in order to understand what i'm understanding now I don't look at the industry or my, what I'm doing uh, as a adversarial thing. 
The way that I look at it right now is I literally am just, it's just me and me. It's me versus me. Mm-hmm. Because if, if, if somebody goes and says, fuck you, stop making music, I'm still going to do it. Mm-hmm. I've already had this proverbial conversation with myself via doing, via creating, via cultivating, at this point, fans around the world. You know? And I'm not even where I want to be yet, but the beauty is that it's very simple. The compounding effect of me continuing to do this, it's it's very clear what's going to come next. Yes, exponential. You know, if, of course, it, 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 because I know I'm not going to stop. Mm-hmm. So it's very obvious what's going to happen next, right? So ho- I hope that made sense what I said. You know, it made I sense. Just, yeah the the war the war is like almost like you know there's like this crying baby inside of us that that says the world's not fair and then you actually win that you calm down that crying baby by realizing that the world is not fair and that's okay (laughs) so let's get to work (laughs) i don't know how else to explain it you know so escape from a victim mentality and realize that it's all on you no excuses yeah, but and all those things, and we and we hear we hear those kind of platitudes or whatever all the time. We hear that all the time, right? We hear that in kind of different, like we kind of hear that people that do like you know into like entrepreneurship or like into fucking like athletics. They say shit like that, but you know, and I completely understand that with creative work, it's much more sensitive, and sometimes it takes a lot more time. And and I and I don't I don't um, deny that it's a much more emotional kind of intuitive kind of thing. It's just much more like kind of. You know, you know what I'm saying when it comes to like music or art or whatever it is. But at the same time, um, if you really want to do something with this, where you can like really change your life with it, and maybe, maybe on the way affect other people's lives uh, in changing your own life with your creativity and output, you have to be a little bit of a hard ass on yourself. Yes, you have to like feel a little bit of a singe on your fingertips, um, in the pursuit of this. You. You can't take it lightly. And I see this as a person who's making fucking ma- bootleg fucking remixes. At the same time, I, I, I'm just saying, me getting to this point to be able to do these fucking silly uh, songs took this much fucking crazy soul-searching and chaos. Mm-hmm. And, I, and it just, it's just, and just, I just have to embrace how ridiculous that is. But it was not simple to mm-hmm. get it it was not a fun like ride to be able to make fucking bootleg remixes and fucking these edm songs mm-hmm. but now that i'm here i feel like i can do anything you know yeah, man. can you tell me a little bit about where you see yourself in the future like five years from now ten years from now where do you see gosh father and, and where do you see victor too sorry I'm I'm oh no rush I'm sorry. yeah um Um, I'm gonna be making even more music. Um, yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna be making more original, much more original music and lean on it. I think with the force that I've uh, created, like remixes and shit this year, um, you know, I'm so ready to make originals. It's like I want to make them now, but I still want to stay disciplined on this kind of path. I mean, I'm, I've been I've been putting out originals this year too, but mm. just to make like to really go full for full force with the artist stuff and like show the world what kind of original music is in my head, like singing singing on every track. Um. I was just saying on my last track, my last original. Um, 
I don't know. I don't know how. I don't know how to explain this, but um, after this year, I really have. I don't believe in goals anymore, dude. Mm. I know it sounds. I know it sounds crazy. But I. I think goals are so fucking overrated. Mm. I think they're so fucking. Over- I think they're important to have, but I think like, listen, everybody's got a goal. What? Okay, for me to play music festivals, get a song on the radio, duh. Like, of course, that's everybody's goal. But for me, my goal is to not stop. My goal is to still keep the same kind of fire that I'm having as I speak with you um, in in this kind of checkpoint of my life of like the same kind of fire and the same kind of excitement I have about making shit, making good shit, bad shit. Maybe maybe I made some great shit this year. I have no idea. The the few the 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 jury the jury is still out. Um, I don't know. But the point is like none of this shit would have happened had I not gone. I am just grateful that I'm sitting down and being able to work on music with a smile on my face. Mm. It sounds so fucking cheesy, but this is the difference between longevity and a fair weathered. I'm doing this as a joke. I'm doing this as a hobby. It it's just about, did I show up? My goal is to continue showing up. And I'm not just saying this. I really mean this. My goal is to keep this fire for something that I almost completely threw away in the beginning of la- or the end of last year. Mm-hmm. I almost said goodbye to all this shit. I was so frustrated with everything, blaming everybody but myself. I just hope to be able to do this for five more years. I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I love music, man. I love creating. I love, I love, and you do that. I mean it. I love having these kind of conversations with people like you. Yes. Because I, I want, when I was starting off, I had so many people that were like telling me different things about their careers and stuff. And it was all the kind of this weird advice about, I don't know. No one ever told me to rely. Nobody ever told me to rely on myself basically. So if I can go spread that gospel, I'm very, very happy to be able to do that. But yeah, I want to be consistent. That's, that's my goal. Yes. Awesome, man. Well, those are all the questions I had prepared for you, Victor. Are there any questions that I should have asked you that I didn't or anything that you're dying to talk about that you haven't yet. Um, my dog, my dog loves, this is a signature move right here. <laughs> the good, the grand, the grand finale. Um, I just want to say that, um, yeah, I just, I just want to say that. I mean, I mean what I'm saying. Like, I, I really believe that like one second, one second. <laughs> <laughs> yo um i just want to say that like i really i really mean what i say and like i really hope that uh you know i've talked i've spoken to so many like young artists and had conversations with them about like this stuff and the first question they always ask is you know what kind of gear do you use Gamer headphones. I use two gamer headphones and no monitors in Ableton. That's all I use for all the music I put out this year. They ask me, like, you know, what do you think of this? I say, hey, it's great, but I'm not the I'm not the person you should be showing it to. Like, it's like it's so crazy to me that everybody is this in the same boat until they're not. So what I'm saying is, don't be in the same boat. Like, really, really take a take a listen to this and like realize that you got to just make stuff and share it with the world. That's the hack. It's not a VST. It's not um, f- 55 more uh, different feedbacks. 
It's not more, uh, you know, getting on the phone with Skrillex and him telling what's holding your hand and telling you which snare. You, that's never going to happen. And you don't want that to happen because you really aren't going to learn anything if that happens. Mm -hmm. Like the, the hack is sit down with yourself, lie to yourself if you have to, okay, and say you're the shit and right. put out absolute shit mm -hmm. for a healthy amount of time. Put out shit and look like a dumbass. So at least a month after you put out a bunch of shit, you can cringe and see how far you've come in 30 days. Yes. Because the cringing is what makes you powerful. The waiting for something to be perfect to the point of non-action is what keeps you at a shitty, mediocre baseline level forever. Mm -hmm. And the problem with that is that it hurts you when you combine that with your doom scrolling on social media all day, comparing yourself. Mm -hmm. It's it's just this is just an inescapable cycle that is just to me the solution is finish stuff. Yes. On your own. On your own. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm put it out there. You have to, man. It's not it's not a question of should I. Is if you're curious about this, if you want to participate in this, you gotta put it out. Because what put it out means, huh? Okay, wow. I just did a release. Oh, huh, how do you? Because let's, let, you know, putting it out means, okay, I finished the song. Wait, now I need art. I don't know anything about art. Well, guess what? You, you go on YouTube, you go on the internet. Wow, I just made my first art. Mm -hmm. Okay, so now you've developed two skills. Well, wait a second. How do I, how do I distribute the song? Doesn't a label have to do? Okay, let's Google it. Hey, you know how to distribute a song. Now your music's on Spotify. Now your music's on TikTok. Now your music's on uh, whatever, iTunes. Okay, so there you go. So now you learned how to make a song. Now you learned how to mix and master a song. Now you learned how to create art for the song. Now you learned how to distribute a song. Well, first, now you're a fucking record label because that's what you pay them to do anyway. Oh, shit. Oh, fuck. How do I... Okay, wait. How do I get people to listen to the song? Well, now I got to figure out marketing. Oh, shit. Now you're a marketer. Oh, fuck. Now how do I get this, this music to other DJs? Oh, now you're making relationships with other DJs. You see how it's not a secret how somebody goes from a hobby to maybe one day they're touring, maybe one day they're getting big gigs, maybe one day they have a hit song. It comes from this tactile, visceral, getting your hands dirty. There's no other way to fucking put it, man. It's like, but that it, the core of it all starts with finishing something. Mm -hmm. And if you don't do it, the world looks like this crazy Illuminati puzzle where everything's against you and, uh, you have to be like extra good looking and you have to have a million followers in order to make a dent. It's not the case. It is the case. If you don't begin trying to learn about how it actually works, mm -hmm. and you don't begin unless you finish something. So finishing something, finishing your art, having that tiny delusional trust in yourself that maybe people are going to like it. Once it's done and out, that's very important. Yes. Not once it's not when you're showing them a clip for fucking two years. You know, telling you, dude, that's it. That's my antidote. And I and I would say this to people in any other industry at this point. If you're an entrepreneur, go ship your product and try it on a live audience. If you're a fucking dancer, go fucking record yourself dancing and upload a TikTok. If you're an actor, go fucking do a monologue, put a TikTok. Don't sit there and go, oh, I wish I was an actor. I wish I was a singer. Go fucking sing. Go learn it online and put find a community of people of singers and share your music with them. Mm -hmm. If you don't take action, you can't. Unfortunately, you can't expect. You can't expect anything. Have to do it. Yeah. So that's it. That's my final parting. <laughs> <What>? <laughs>
my final words for for this and i hope it kind of sums up my entire philosophy man because i mean it i'm living it definitely man i appreciate you coming on the show and sharing i want to give you some time right now just to talk about what do you want to promote what are you working on what did- uh yeah i mean i have my you know my song a week challenge um you know it's week 41 i i literally don't know what i'm gonna put out this week i still have <laughs> no clue so i gotta make it in the next like two days uh yeah, I have a song a week. I'll send you know, send you the link after this. Share it with people. Um, I just uh, announced I'm playing Breakaway Festival uh, this weekend in San Francisco with my homie Wookie Henry Fong. Um, mm-hmm. And then I just booked. Uh, I just announced yesterday that I'm playing with Dead Mouse at Day of the Dead Mouse next weekend in San Francisco at the Midway. No really dude. Shows of, yeah, it's gonna be huge. Playing main stage with him, so um, it's gonna be one of the biggest shows of the year for me. And um, but again, man. This stuff is amazing. I'm so grateful to do it. But I, it's, you know, and I'm actually, I think I'm going to make a post about this, but this, I I personally believe is a byproduct of my new baseline that I'm at right now as a creative person. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not because I'm great or people know it's because I'm constantly generating. Mm. Is it great? Is it not great? It's being generated. Maybe something is giving it. You see what I'm saying? It's in my hands. It's in everybody's hands to be able to get these kind of things. Mm. It's not a wish and a hope and a dream and a manifestation. It's an active, you know, motion. So it just, these things, these awesome opportunities to me are just little amazing check marks little little like reminders that uh, i'm on this path and if i continue on this path i'll continue being rewarded you know but the path but it's ultimately in my hands you Mm -hmm. know awesome man uh two more quick questions one of course consulting services pretty much where you work with artists if someone is interested in that how they can they get in touch with you or how can they there. Uh, hit me up on hit me up on dms at goshfather on instagram and let's talk awesome. thanks again for your time victor i'll catch you My later pleasure, dude. sounds good bro thanks for listening to the podcast you can find us on spotify apple Podcasts, and youtube just search what we started edm i'm your host ted and i talk edm